The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Monday, February 27th, currently 11.06 on the East Coast. Here to do a recap of what we saw over the weekend and get into the short four-game schedule here in the association. But joining me, as usual, on Mondays, you guys know him as the superstar of the show. It's the villain coming off of his birthday weekend. It's the villain, Terrell Furman Jr. Terrell, what's going on, my man? Oh, nothing much other than Dame Dollars is just absolute flamethrower. And it's okay, Dame. The media won't cover your 71 points enough because your name isn't, you know, some of the other names in the league. But I'm going to do it here, Dame. You deserve your flowers. 71 is an amazing feat for only eight people have done it in the NBA. So you deserve your flowers there. He is the only NBA player to get 70 plus in under 40 minutes as well, man. But yeah, I was watching this game last night uh, as a loyal Rockets fan to, you know, uh, sink into my more sorrows of the season. But yeah, he just came out on fire in that from first quarter all the way pretty much to the fourth quarter. Like you mentioned, Terrell 71 last night for Damian Lillard. Um, and he did it efficiently too, man. It was what I think he finished at what 22 of 38, 13 of 22 from three point land, 14 of 14 from the free throw line. Also chipped in with six rebounds and six assists for Dame last night. So a 71 piece last night for Damian Lillard. I am going to say I was not shocked that he had that many points in the first half because he just always torches the Rockets for whatever reason. This goes all the way back to, I don't remember what year it was, where he hit that game-winning three-point shot in the playoffs against us uh-huh. as well. So and it's back-to-back nights 2016. now. Uh, yeah, 2016. And, and it's been back-to-back nights now where uh, the Rockets have given up 12-plus three-pointers to at least either one of the guard positions last uh, over the last few nights. Clay Thompson did it on, I think it was Friday night. And then last night, Dame uh, chips in with uh, 13 more of his three-point shots last night. So not not shocking for me to see what he did last night, but a little bit shocking since it was 70-plus last night, Terrell. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not shocking at all. We all know Dame is like that. Dame is is legit. Like Dame is the real deal. It's just that Dame is also a very loyal person. And even though the Portland Trailblazers have shown us time and time again that they're not uh, they're not interested in building a capable roster around him. Like, imagine if Dame had a team that played defense. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, they, they refuse to give him a capable roster. And Dame has shown that he can have success with uh, average pieces. You know, maybe uh, one another one-punch guy. But other than that, more than less more than likely he's had average pieces over the course of his career still Mm -hmm. led them to a three seed one year still led them to the western conference finals one year beating Jokic. everybody's hyping up Jokic. he lost to dame and dame went on to the western conference finals that year Mm -hmm. so i mean 
Dame's career can go as far as Dame takes it. If Dame wants to stay in Portland, then I think he's just going to have to have somewhat of faith in that front office of building a team around him. If Dame wants to leave, he can absolutely leave and go potentially win a championship somewhere else. But in terms of caliber, he is definitely a championship caliber player. Oh, yeah, 100%. I've always been a Dame fan, man. Uh, I love Dame. He's probably my favorite, uh, I would say, definitely top five player in the league. Um in the association right now but yeah 71 last night for him we got to definitely give him his flowers the way that he performed last night for the portland trailblazers they get the victory against the rockets 131 114 um bro anything else from the weekend i know that sixers and that uh the celtics game i think saturday night was a really good one especially the ending uh where jason tatum hit the three uh, game winning three-point shot and then the uh, joel Embiid he've just fell about what a half a second short from that game going to overtime as well. Yeah, I mean, and he knew it. Like he knew it as soon as it went in. Like it was like it was. Yeah, I didn't get off on time. Yeah. He just straight back to the locker room. Philadelphia fans are like cheering, but then they're seeing the team not cheering, and they're like, "Wait, why is the team not cheering? We're cheering." Uh, yeah, it didn't get off on time. But I, I really, I. Don't think the Celtics have as big as a lead on the East as everybody would like to think. I think they're mm. just winning games. I don't think a caliber in the team. Mm-hmm. I don't think that is. They're definitely number one. I'm not taking that away from them. They're definitely yeah. number one in the East right now. But I don't think that gap is as large. Like just watching them play. Like it's just so many times where you're like, all right, y'all should really be good. Like you should really be straight. This is, you know, get in, get out kind of night. Mm. And just going back to that game with the Pacers, like it's like, oh, what are you doing, guys? You got to win. Yeah. But did it look good? Like, is there really that large of a gap? I'm really thinking that that gap is is getting smaller and smaller by the day. Yeah, look, they only have a half a game lead now over the Milwaukee Bucks. So I guess let me pose this question to you. If if Celtics and Bucks were in the Eastern Conference Finals this year. In seven I've already games. said it. I'm taking Bucks. Yeah, I've said it. I'm taking Bucks. I'm taking the person that I feel is a better coach in game. Mm-hmm. I'm taking the uh, best player on the court over everybody, Giannis yeah. Antetokounmpo. Mm-hmm. And I'm trusting in that uh, big three that they have over Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart. Summer. I mean, it depends. It depends on who it is that night. That's the yeah. issue. But that's what yeah. makes Boston Celtics good is because it depends who it is that night. They have a whole bunch of people that can take that third place role. Yeah. But in Milwaukee, I know for a fact I'm getting Drew Holiday. I'm getting Giannis. I'm getting Chris Middleton. Mm-hmm. And then you add Bobby Portis coming back from injury. He looks really, really good. Brooke Lopez is, was a defensive uh, player of the year candidate for a majority of the season. And he's mm-hmm. still up there in that category. Mm-hmm. I just think that full strength. I'm taking Milwaukee. Yeah, I think so. I'm right there with you, man. I, I like what this Bucks team has done. They've been consistent. I think that's what's been the biggest thing about them over the past several seasons, especially when they picked up Drew Holiday uh, in the trade. Uh-huh. Um, and quietly, they've won 14 games in a row. Nobody's even talking about that, especially with you know Giannis being in and out of the lineup, Chris Middleton being in and out of the lineup. Drew Holiday's really held that team down when you know those one of those two guys has been out. Uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks, we didn't see Giannis play yesterday against the Phoenix Suns. I think it was yesterday, uh, the first game in the morning. But they still got the victory there against the um, the Phoenix Suns there in the finals rematch, 104-101. I think we should also touch on the uh, double overtime game. Or was it the double overtime or was a single overtime with the uh, the Kings and the um Oh, Clippers. I didn't even... 
I'll take my I'll take my victory lap there. You know, gave <laughs> out Kings plus two ten on the money line on Friday, and I, I forgot that that was even. We didn't talk about that. It's long weekends be long on this show, man. Weekends yeah. be long. It be so much to talk about. But yes, I'll I'll take my victory lap for that one. Kings plus. 210. I also sit here and say that since I came on this show and said the Clippers aren't making the playoffs, they are 0 2 straight up. Yeah. And Owen, they're 0 2 against the spread as well. So, yep. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying. And both, here we both go. Their games went to overtime too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, <laughs> I mean, there's Tyloo has made a lot of questionable calls. And I think it's because they're trying to, especially the one where he sat Paul George in that Kings game because he hit the minutes restriction. It's like, all right, like, do you guys want to make the playoffs or not? Because you swear that you're just guaranteed to make the playoffs. And I don't think you're guaranteed to make the playoffs. The West is too competitive this year. Mm-hmm. You could find yourself in that playing game really quickly. Yep. And then what? You got a one-on-one in the playing game with the Warriors. You feel really, really confident about that? All right. So we'll see. But it, it was too much going. I think they, came, they were laying seven in that game. Like, come on now. It yeah. was really too easy. It was like taking candy from a baby. Great sweat. Appreciate the sweat. Yeah, and then I think one more I do want to mention is uh, the Lakers last night or yesterday in the afternoon coming back down from 27 to come back and get the victory against the Dallas Mavericks. Um, I you know Again, we saw the, the Lakers fall behind early. Usually they've been a great team in the first half uh, this season, but for them to come back the way they did against Dallas Mavericks, who I think are going to have serious concerns about how many points they're giving up inside the paint without a true presence inside. They're almost like the uh, the Western Conference Toronto Raptors, but they mm-hmm. don't have a guy really inside that's protecting the paint for them. And if you kind of go back and look at their box scores ever since they've made the trade for Kyrie, they're giving up a lot of points inside the paint. I think that was what was really uh, cost them the game yesterday and led the comeback for the uh, Los Angeles Lakers where Anthony Davis had, what, 30 points and 15 rebounds. Did see LeBron kind of limping his way out of the arena last night. He, you know, I don't know if people saw it on Twitter about the um, when he fell to the ground. He said, "I heard heard something pop or something like that." But definitely something to keep an eye on for LeBron, who's been dealing with that ankle slash foot uh, sprain. I don't know, however, the course of the season, but definitely something to keep an eye on right now for the LA Lakers. Um, right now, two and zero after the All Star break. Clippers zero and two. So. They're looking like they're making a move, trying to get out of that play-in bracket and at least get into the 60s where they may not have to be in that play-in bracket for the L.A. Lakers. So maybe the Clippers do move down here, Terrell. Uh, anything else you want to mention? Uh, no, not really. Yeah, I think we about covered, man. I don't think anything else kind of caught my eye. Um, yeah, all right. Well, we can get into the games. I know it's only four games here tonight, but again, we're going to get into it as we usually do here on it's Monday. It's episode. only four games tonight. Yeah, it's only four games tonight, man. Monday we usually get around seven to eight games at minimum, but we only have four games tonight. Yeah, what's going on? This yeah. is this isn't this isn't like this. This is boring. Yeah, and then tomorrow on Tuesday, where what's happening? What's happening that there's only four games on a Monday? I don't know, man. Is it like college basketball, like conference tournament? I know some, but it's like some of the weaker conferences are like not the Power Five. I guess the not non-Power Five conference tournaments starting, but I don't think it's really that. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, these are some of the best CAA. Shout out to the CAA conference tournament starting this week. We got the Horizon League, the uh, Sun Belt starting this week, Summit League. I think uh, WCC is starting this week as well. And have you seen that bracket? Have you seen their bracket? Do you know how their bracket works? WCCs? Yeah. I haven't seen it. Not so like uh, it's like 
you have to run the gauntlet to get the championship game. It's not like everybody has games. It's like set seven and ten, eight and nine play, and then they move on to play six and five, and they move on to play three and four, then they move on to play two and one. Like it's it's really a hilarious bracket. But I mean, they're trying to guarantee that they get the best team in every single year. But like if you mm. win that bracket as anything under a four seed, you deserved it. You a hundred percent deserved it. So what I'm seeing is that one and two, so St. Mary's and Gonzaga are already automatically in the semifinal. Yeah, like that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's really that crazy. crazy. That's kind of unique. Though. That's something that's gonna be something fun to watch. That's in Vegas too, isn't it? The I WCC. Think so. Yeah, it I is in so. Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's crazy because like you know you're you're taking less opportunity of variance. Like they're you're not gonna have that Cinderella team because they could steal two bids. Like if Gonzaga mm-hmm. doesn't win, they Gonzaga's gonna be an outlaw at large bid. So they could really steal an extra bid if they want to, but mm-hmm. they don't want to. Yeah. All right, before we get into the games here for tonight, let me tell everyone about our presenting sponsor, and that is WinBet. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are a ton of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays, a.k.a. WinBet's build-your-own-bet. March Madness is almost here, plus plenty of ways to win getting down on the NBA, NHL, and XFL. Sign up today to receive a special offer, Bet 100, and get 100. Limited state availability. And, of course, for our DGENs only, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. Offers up to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 years or older and present in a state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And also, the SGPN merch store continues to add new items to the store every single day. Head over to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com to get your favorite uh, T-shirts, hats, sweaters, sweatpants and hoodies a lot of great nba gambling podcast gear they got the coffee mugs the shirts the hoodies check it out shout out to jake i know he's in the chat right now he's just doing an absolutely incredible job with the sgpn merch so the merch store i'm sorry so make sure to get over to the uh, sgpn merch store new items are added every single day go to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com All right, Terrell, let's get into this four-game schedule here tonight. Let's kick it off with the first matchup of the night, and that's going to be a 7 o'clock Eastern start between the Detroit Pistons and the Charlotte Hornets here tonight. Um, Looking at the opening line for this game, this game opened up in favor of the Charlotte Hornets at minus 5.5. That number's now been bet up to minus 6.5 at win bet. Total opened up at 238.5. That number's now been bed down to around 235 consensus. Uh, looking at the injury report, and it's a pretty significant one for the Detroit Pistons here. Um, so Boyan Bogdanovich is officially questionable here tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jalen Duran is out. Jaden Ivey's also out. Um, and then Isaiah Stewart is questionable here tonight as well for the Detroit Pistons. And for the Charlotte Hornets, uh, pretty clean injury report other than uh, P.J. Washington. He is doubtful here tonight with a right foot sprain. Um, Terrell, let's start with the side here. Minus six and a half for the Charlotte Hornets hosting the Detroit Pistons. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not going against anything that I said. I said that the second half of the season, I wanted to see what Detroit looked like. I wanted to see, was last year a fluke? 
was last year a fluke? Really? What did when they came back and had the best ATS record? Pretty sure it was the best ATS record. Best ATS record. Maybe Boston was number one. They might have been a close second, but one of the best ATS records after All Star. I was curious. I was like, is this going to be the same thing this year? And if we look at them and where they're at this year, they have covered what both games. So they're two and zero. Two and zero ATS kept, uh, catching seven and a half points. They lost both games, but they covered both. Yeah. Now, one of those is Toronto Raptors. So we can't really, you know, think that too, too much because Dwayne Casey just has something against Toronto Raptors. They covered every single game against them uh, since <laughs> as far as I can remember. So, yeah, uh, I'm not changing anything. I think that this is a, a young Detroit team that thinks that they have a chance for it. Jake Knifen being out is significant with those personal reasons. Mm-hmm. But... If I look at it, Alec, Bur- Alec Burtz has come in and been able to have really, really good games and step up. Hamadou Diallo has been able to have games and step up. Only person, only thing that's concerning me is how bad is Killian Hayes going to be today? Yeah. And is he going to be bad <laughs> enough where he actually uh, <laughs> uh, actually <laughs> tries to take more shots since IDV is not in the game? But So hopefully, you know, some of those attempts go back more towards Bojan, goes back towards Burks. Hamadou Diallo comes in. I think I like the one-two punch that they have with Wiseman and Bagley coming in in replace of Durant. And you still have Isaiah Stewart, who was able to also kind of serve as a big body down low. So a lot of scoring, a lot of scoring available for Charlotte on that side of the ball. But I'm not laying six and a half points with them. I'll take six and a half with Detroit. Yeah, I think the one advantage that the Pistons may have here tonight is the interior uh, with James Wiseman, who actually looked pretty good with this Detroit Pistons team. Uh, Marvin Bagley had a really big game on, I think it was Saturday or Sunday as well. Yeah, he had he had like 18 and 19 or something like that. Yeah, and that was 20. off the bench too. Yeah. So, um, and we talked about it all season, how Charlotte has just, you know, been, um, they just have been very good at least defending the paint uh, against the opposing centers right now. You kind of have, I think, four centers on this team with the Pistons. Obviously, two of them are not going to be playing here tonight. So I think that you have an advantage here inside where they're able to get uh, big shots. And like you mentioned, it's really what Killian Hayes is going to be doing tonight. Is he going to be more passive and he's going to distribute the basketball? Or is he going to be taking the wild shots that and throwing up bricks where he might cost his team the game? It was one for 10. Yeah. One for 10 in that Toronto game. Yeah. So I think with you know with Alan Burks or Alec Burks being I think projected to be in the starting lineup here tonight uh, alongside Bogdanovich is if he's able to go and I like what I've seen from Wiseman and and Marvin Bagley in the very short stint here um, I, I'm gonna go with the Pistons with you man we we I, I can't lay this many points with the Hornets I do understand that they are pretty much healthy with Rozier and Lamelo Ball all out there and they're in their shooters um, but I think you're like you mentioned that this Detroit team is scrappy. Um, and I think they'll be able to keep it within the number. It might be like a four to five point victory here for the Charlotte Hornets here tonight. But anything outside of two possessions, I'm going to go with the underdog here as well. Uh, you thought- go Killian Hayes was one for 10 in that game earlier against the Toronto Raptors. He was one for six last night. So slightly two better efficiency. Yeah, a lot a slightly <laughs> better, better efficiency for a uh, Killian Hayes. Do you see how many assists he had in those two games? He had six in the one last night, and in the one before that, he had – give me two seconds. Where did that game go? There it goes. So, God, Killian Hayes, you really, you really blow me sometimes, man. He had five, six and okay. five. All right. 
Um, thoughts on the total, and then we'll get into some player props here. Uh, you have anything on the total? I I think I'm gonna go under actually. Okay. And so I understand coming on the under. Yeah, and it's just the fact that both these teams really haven't been that bad defensively in the past five games. Like, they're both hovering around middle of the pack, middle of the league in terms of opponents' points per game. And I, without Ivy and with the inefficiencies of Charlotte, like, Charlotte's just been on a heater too much, and I'm expecting them to come down. And when they have those really, really inefficient days, it doesn't matter how good or bad your defense are. They're just not hitting shots, to be honest. And so – uh Slight concern because Charlotte is number one in pace in the past five games, mm-hmm. but not really. I'm um, not really too too concerned. I think Detroit will slow it down a little bit more, try to play out the half court, get really good sets. I think both teams are going to play through their bigs, and this is going to be a little bit of a lower scoring game. Yeah, I mean, look, if you take a look at the two games after the All Star break, that the Pistons have only scored 106 and then 91, so they haven't been very efficient offensively, at least. Um, have the Detroit Pistons. So, yeah, I'm going to lean with the under in this game as well. Um, let's get over to some player props here, Terrell. Anything? I know there's only about four available right now for uh, the Charlotte Hornets side, but any guys that you do like maybe for both sides or, or for the Pistons? Yeah, whenever I can get a James Wiseman double-double, I'll play yep. that. That Hopefully that's that plus money. Um, and I think I'll even play – I think I'll even play Wiseman's points. And I think this is a little, I wouldn't say it's a hedge, but it's saying it's saying that I have multiple game scripts where I can get this going. Because if they play him out the half court and work him in the post, then I think that I have a really good chance. But if this is a high scoring game, if they do run the, you know, run the floor a lot, Wiseman is a big that he can run the floor like a guard. Like he can get up and down the floor and transition and be able to get a lot of easy buckets. So uh, I think that he'll have a lot more playing time, seeing that he can run the floor. He can keep up with the fast pace of that uh, Charlotte Hornets offense, and mm-hmm. he's not going to tire out. So I think I like James Wiseman points. If you look at uh, the last five games, Charlotte is is this dead last or is this second to last? Second to last in points per points inside the paint, opponents mm-hmm. points inside the paint at 61.6 points per game. I think this could be a really big James Wiseman day. Yeah, I like both. I think Wiseman and Bagley here tonight. Um, I know Wiseman is going to get the start here, so I'm right there with you. If he can stay out of foul trouble, I think that's the one thing about yeah. um, James Wiseman is that he, he does get uh, pick up those ticky-tack fouls. But if he's able to stay out of foul trouble, there, I have no doubt that he can get the double-double here tonight um, as well. Um, LaMelo, uh, guys mentioning in the chat, um, you know, LaMelo's been balling out as well. Um Daryl Brown mentioned, yeah, Melo been cooking as of late. He and Hayward Club Lit will easily cover the spread. Yeah. I, I just uh, I know Charlotte Hornets basketball being, you know, living in around North Carolina for the time I do. And there's so many times that Charlotte will have a team that you hundred percent think that they're gonna come in here and cover the spread at home and they're absolutely gonna lay a dud. So I don't care what LaMelo and Gordon Hayward have been doing recently, even though they have been pretty good, but Again, I was on Charlotte the past couple of games, and they won those past two games. I don't know who laid points with the Heat the other day, but <laughs> good luck to you if you decide to actually lay points with the Heat on the road. Uh, yeah, Mark Williams, uh, as well, Nick pointing out, yeah, I, I did. Initially, when they made the Mason Plumlee trade, Mark Williams, I think, was starting to get the start for the uh, Charlotte Hornets, and I think that was the point where you kind of needed to attack uh, Mark Williams' props, but he's kind of been inconsistent as of late. 
Um, the same thing, foul trouble. Same yeah. thing. You don't know what day he's going to be in foul trouble, what day he isn't. But he's a really good player, and I think yeah. that's going to be a really like I said. I think both teams are playing through the bigs today. Like I think yeah. their both teams are playing through the bigs today. The bigs are going to get a lot of work in this game. And like you mentioned, last game against the uh, Heat, uh, Mark Williams had 18 points and 20 rebounds. So again, it's guys. If these guys can stay out of foul trouble, man, these guys can definitely uh, rack up the rebounds and the uh, points. And again, the double double market will be live here tonight for all these bigs here tonight. So definitely uh, wait towards. Uh, uh, sorry, as we get closer to game time. Um, let's see what else. Um, big pointing out Wiseman point crop. Uh, what's it? Been I haven't. At? I haven't uh, even seen it. I haven't seen it. So yeah. I'm waiting. I've just I been gotta, going automatically. Yeah. I would think it's at I've like ten and a half. Going to his double double. Yeah, yeah. I think, I, it's I, at, think I think Jake, it would be at ten and a half, eleven and a half, something like that. Yeah, I think you would probably just bet off just playing his double double. Uh, probably. I mean, I think I was on the Saturday game where it was like plus three ten where I played it at. So uh, just play his double double, man. He's gonna get the rebounds for sure. All right, uh, let's get over to the next game of the night here, Terrell. Uh, probably one of the two games of the night here. we got the Miami Heat headed to Philly to take on the Sixers here tonight. Also going to be a 7 o'clock Eastern start. Uh, looking at the opening lines for this game, we have the uh, Philadelphia 76ers that opened up as a six-point favorite. That number has pretty much stayed the course at minus six. Uh, total opened up at 216. That number's been bet up a point to 217. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams here, let's start with the road team, the Miami Heat. Uh, Tyler Hero officially questionable here tonight with a right rib contusion. Uh, Kyle Lowry is out tonight as well. And then Kevin Love is probable for the Miami Heat. For the Sixers, pretty clean injury report. Nobody of significance is on there. Uh, and Dwayne Dedman, um, if you want to mention him, left hip soreness for him. But everybody is a go for this game. Um Terrell, let's start with the side here. Minus six for the Sixers hosting the Miami Heat. I mean, are the Miami Heat going to wake up offensively at all? That's that's what I'm waiting for. Yeah. I don't know if you caught what Jimmy Butler said after their last loss. He's like, they're, he's getting tired of losing. Uh, something needs to change mm-hmm. quickly. That's what he pretty much. I'm just paraphrasing on what he said, but that's pretty much what he said. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, I understand. I completely understand because of the fact that this team is not scoring the basketball. If you look at the past five games, the only team that is worse than them in almost every single offensive category is none other than your Houston Rockets. Only team. They are bottom of the league in almost every offensive category in the past five games. Mm-hmm. This is before All-Star break. This is after All-Star break. Nothing has changed. They're still struggling to score the basketball. I mean, 103 against Charlotte is pretty – like, that's pretty lackluster. That's pretty that, bad. Yeah, like, that's really, really lackluster, even on the road, 103. So, unfortunately for me, I'm going to have to hope that it happens tonight because this is a spot where you really, really like the Miami Heat. You're getting Jimmy Butler angry after a loss. You're getting Jimmy Butler talking to the media. You're getting a Philadelphia team who really, really hasn't put it on offensively that much either they're about middle of the pack this is definitely not what you would have expected seeing out of a joel and b james hart and tyrese maxi type of lineup for them to be scoring as they are so but the reason that they don't have to score as much is because defensively they're second in the league in the past five games and so i think that this is a really good matchup for miami where they don't have to score a bunch of points to win this game they don't have to have the best offensive game to win this game we know that when miami wants to turn on defensively they can turn it on they can get after it they get up for these spots where they're playing you know the better teams of the league so 
I think that this is a good possibility for Miami to just really wake up on the road here and go in here and make this game at the very least close. Make yep. this game at the very least close, a low-scoring game, and ha- give yourself a chance to win in the fourth quarter with Jimmy Butler in a building that he feels comfortable in. So, yeah, I'm with the Miami Heat plus six and a half here. I I think this is the opportunity for the turnaround, and Philly has kind of just been getting by uh, recently. After they went on that long stretch of winning games where I think they were, what was it, like 19 of 20 that they won or something yeah. crazy like that? Mm. They've started to cool down, kind of just get by. Their wins haven't been very, very impressive. They just said, hey, we're going to try to win the game. When they played Memphis, they were just really trying to win the game. When they played Cleveland, they just really was trying to win the game. Like, I don't think that they're out here saying, oh, let's go put up 10, 15, 20 plus on them. No. Uh, So I'm here. I think that this is a closer scoring game. Give me the plus six now. Yeah, I mean, just take a look at and again that Grizzlies game. Uh, they were very, very fortunate in that game. I mean, Memphis yeah, like they had the battle back in that. <laughs> yeah, they were pretty much in control for about three and a half quarters in that game, and then they got very fortunate at the end uh, where they did get the cover. Um, and then again, they again against Boston, they just they Boston just owns this Philly team. And you take a look at the Cavs; they only beat them by six. Okay, they had a double-digit victory against the Rockets, but who isn't? Uh, they beat the Nets by only three points. So when it comes, I think, to the better competition, I think I'm going to put Miami into because they are capable of it. They have the talent. They just, you know, for whatever reason this season, they just haven't been able to get it going. We've talked a lot about on the pod how guys are in and out of the lineup and the, just going through their injury report is is, is a big deal. Um, and it's we're not. We don't know who's going to be on the uh, on the court for at a time for this Miami Heat team. But like you mentioned, Jimmy Butler going back into Philly here tonight. I think he's going to put this team on his shoulders here tonight. Um, I, I'm with you, man. This at six. It's. I think this might get to six and a half. Maybe shop around. There might be some six and a halves out there as well. I, I think Philly can still get the victory here, but I still think it comes down to. A, a probably a possession, maybe two at, at four yeah, points, something like that. Nick is, Nick is talking in the chat. It was like Philly's angry at Miami, got eliminated last season. Like, yeah, that is a very good angle, and I think that's an angle a lot of people have because seventy three percent of the money, nine no seventy three percent of the bets, ninety four percent of the money is on the Philadelphia seventy sixes tonight. I think yeah. everybody's thinking that they're going to get a bounce back win after going toe to toe with Boston, and they're like, oh, they just went toe to toe with Boston, they lost by three. I said it earlier in the pod. I think the gap is closer between Boston and everybody else. So if you go toe-to-toe with Boston, I'm not going to give you a big jump with that because I think that the gap between Boston and everybody else in the East has sm- slightly gotten smaller. So yeah, I think that this is really, really a good spot for Jimmy Butler and his Miami Heat team that really, really needs something marquee. Like they need something to hang their hang on to have to hang their hat on. Yeah, I said that to hang their hat on, and that's a win by. On the road playing Philly, yeah, I'm I'm all over Miami. I re- this is locked here. Matter of fact, this is a lock. I'll go ahead and lock this up. Miami plus six and a half. Yeah, I mean, look, Philly. I mean, look, I understand why people are on the right. They've been they've been great at home this season. I mean, there's no question about it. 21, 11, and one against the spread. They're 17, 10, and one as a home favorite this season, right? And I think like you know, with when you're a leader, your guys call you out. When Jimmy Butler calls out this team, that hey, I'm tired of losing. I know people in this locker room are tired of losing. 
you need to respond in that next game. And I think that, like you mentioned, for them to only put up 103 points offensively against a Charlotte Hornets team that has been not very good for several years defensively, I think that's a telling story. But I think this is a good buy-low spot for the Miami Heat here tonight. So I- I'm going to take the plus points here with you. Uh, thoughts on the total here, Charles, in that 217? I, I, I feel like I have to go... <sighs> I think if Miami covers, that has to be an under game, don't you think? I, I just don't know how I, I just don't know how to trust Miami to score anything, man. Yeah. Like they're just not scoring right now. They're going through a really rough scoring stretch. And Philly's, like I said, Philly's been really, really good defensively. If you look at their defensive numbers over the past five games, second in the league, one hundred and five point eight points per game. Miami, second to last in three point make percentage, at like twenty nine percent. Philly, mm-hmm. fifth in the league. At, 32.1% opponent teams from three. You look at opponents' field goal percentage. Philly has been is sixth in that uh, mark at 43.9 points per game. I'm not taking anything from away from Philly. I just think that this is a really good bounce back, get up spot for Miami. So I'm gonna I'm gonna just have to roll with the under here. I see. I see a little bit of movement towards the over, and that does give me cause for concern, and I probably won't bet it. But, man, I, I just can't trust Miami to score a lot right now, especially against a good defensive team in the 76ers. Yeah, I think this might just turn out to be a very, very low-scoring game here as well. Um, I know, again, Philly has been a team that trended towards the over at home. Um, but I think that, you know, when you have these two teams coming in, uh, I want to see where – yeah, and they're both, again, bottom four in the league as far as pace goes. Miami is number 28. Philly number 27. So I don't see, again, uh, the the pace being pushed here tonight. I think the interesting matchup here tonight for me to watch is going to be Bam and Joel Embiid going at it. Again, because we talked about how Bam is supposed to be one of the better defending uh, centers in this league. Uh, and we'll see how he uh, stacks up against uh, Joel Embiid here tonight. So that's going to be a fun matchup to watch. Uh, let's get over to some player props here. Terrell, you have anything that you like for this game? I said Jimmy Butler. Let's roll with Jimmy Butler. He's angry, and he gets the job done. Yeah, his points prop right now is at 21 and a half. Um, I was looking at rebounds here for Bam tonight. It is at eight and a half, but I think I'm agree with you about Joel Embiid. uh, Sorry, um, Jimmy Butler over 21 and a half points. I know some guys were mentioning in the chat uh, PJ Tucker's three point shots here tonight. You'll see uh, for him to make one here tonight it's at minus 145. And then if you want to get in on his one and a half, uh, I'm sure you could get that at good plus money for uh, PJ Tucker to knock down some corner three point shots here tonight. 39.3% in the last five games for the Miami Heat. That's good for 19th in the NBA. Yep. Uh, anything else for this game, Terrell? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. What do you see Mac McClung's points prop at for tonight? Uh, I do not see it listed yet. Maybe check closer to game time because he is. I think you're getting plus money on over uh, half, half a point. I think you're getting plus money. Yeah, definitely. Maybe a poster is like at 12 to 1. Definitely look out for that. As we okay, get some value. There's some value on Matt McClung tonight for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, let's get over to the next game of the night here, Terrell. We got uh, the-, <laughs> the line just moved from six and a half to six. Man, it's just you know sometimes you're you're a mover. Like sometimes you're a mover in value. As soon as I said it's a lot, the line moves. So uh, you know, and it just moved. Do, do you remember what I said? Do you remember what I said? The money percentages were for Philly. Uh, 
90 plus percent was it right yeah or 80 yeah 100 percent. Yeah. and it just moved yep. to six yeah i don't know what to tell you people i don't know what to tell you <laughs> all right let's get over to the second maybe game of the night here as well we got the boston celtics in madison square garden here tonight to take on the surging new york knicks uh looking at the opening line for this game this line actually opened up in favor of the boston celtics at minus five that number's now been bet down to minus two and a half total up in about 226 that number's been uh bet down to 223 do see some 223 and a halves out there as well injury report uh for both of these teams to start here with the boston celtics for the celtics jalen brown is going to be out here tonight for personal reasons uh Derek white is probable and that is pretty much it for the celtics and then pretty clean injury report for the new york knicks nobody of significance is on there so they are a full squad and they are healthy for this game Trell, let's start with the side here let's call it minus two and a half in favor of the boston celtics in madison square garden tonight to take on the new york knicks what are you thinking well, I'm not taking the Celtics. <laughs> I'll tell you that much right now. I'm not taking the Boston Celtics, but let's go ahead and let's look at it. I think that in this point in the right in this point of the season right now, without Jalen Brown, the reason why I'm telling you that I'm gonna play the Knicks tonight is because the Knicks have reinvigorated themselves on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. absolutely reinvigorate themselves on defensive side of the ball. Last five games, 108.4 points per game, fifth in the NBA. They're giving up 33.8% from three, under 45% from the field. And they're they're creating a lot of havoc in terms of getting steals and, getting, and creating turnovers, 5.8 steals per game. That is fifth in the league. So you're, you're creating havoc. You are... <laughs> Tell it, buying into the players because if you look at the Knicks roster, you're, you don't have a lot of defensive lockdown players. Like you don't have you have Grimes who comes out there plays really good defense, and I think that's the person that people kind of scheme for. Like, hey, where's Grimes going to be at? Who's Grimes going to be on? He's a little annoying, but other than that, it's a lot of team defense, and that's what a Tom Thibodeau Tom Thibodeau team led team is. If you give him a star defensive player, he's going to be really really good. But other than that, he can take some people and really force them to buy in on defensive side of the ball. So that's what I think that this is going to come down to is that both of these teams are going to feel very, very comfortable in the pace of the game. They're both right next to each other in pace. I think New York is 21. Boston is 22. They're right next to each other in terms of pace. They're going to feel very comfortable with the sets that they're doing. So it's going to be who can create the most havoc in this game. And I think the Knicks are going to be able to do that over the course of the entire game. So I'll take the Knicks plus two and a half. Yeah, and the Celtics have actually lost, what, I think, is it three out of the last four or four of the last five games in Madison Square Garden? The victory that they did have earlier this season in uh, New York City, they knocked down, they had to knock down 27 three-point shots for them to win that game by 15. But other than that, going into Madison Square Garden, they just haven't had a lot of success, have the Boston Celtics. This is going to be the third match of the season between these two teams, uh, and they've both split uh, road victories uh, this season. Uh, Boston uh, won, like I mentioned, back on November 5th, 133-118. And then uh, New York returned the favor in Boston, 120-117 to in that game. So both of the games have flown over the total. Um, and again, both teams have uh, split the straight of victory and against the spread here. Uh-huh. Uh, man. New York was a, was caught nine points in Boston and got an outright win. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I do like the... 
I'm going to go with the Knicks as well, man. I hate that we have so much agreement on every single game so far, but the Knicks, they're like you mentioned, they're just playing well, man. And then again, we thought, and especially I thought this season that this New York Knicks team would, you know, not get at least over their win total or even sniff the playoffs uh, this season, but they've came out of the all-star break. They've looked really good in their first two games here. Uh, They got Mitchell Robinson back. Who's been rebounding the basketball uh, well for them. Julius Randle. Uh is just playing at an all-star level as well. We talked at volumes about Jalen Brunson. So I think, again, it seems like that Tom Thibodeau and the Knicks have figured something out where, and also like you mentioned earlier at the top of the show, that the Celtics may just be overvalued and that there's the gap is closer maybe between one, the Boston Celtics and and maybe the top five teams um, in that Eastern Conference. So I'll, I'll, I'll go with the uh, Knicks here. I think they definitely will be up for this game. Coming, you know, bringing uh-huh. in the number one seed of the Boston Celtics into uh-huh. their building here tonight. Uh, let's go over to the total here, Troll. Currently sitting at 223. What do you think? Uh, so my issue here is the my issue here is the pace of the game. And the fact that both of these two teams are right next to each other in pace, that means I don't think anybody's really, really going to be uncomfortable. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think anybody's going to be like, oh, they're speeding us up. We don't want to, or, oh, they're slowing this game down. We're trying to run. Like, no, both of these teams, they feel good at about where the pace is going to be for this game tonight. So that leads me to believe that they're going to make a lot of shots in yeah. the opportunities that they do get. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Man. The pr- I think the I'm going to just – Go ahead. I think I'm going to just lean with the Knicks defense and just take the under. Yeah, and I was going to mention, I think the one thing that's kind of scared me from taking the under is that the, the three-point shooting for both these teams and, and, and just the pure variance of it mm-hmm. that can push this total either way over or if they're not making their shots, like you mentioned, if, if the yeah, shot Boston, making is going to be there, it's going to go Boston's over. Boston's at 42% the last five games. Yeah. So and even the Knicks, the Knicks are further down the league, but they're still shooting 38% from three. Like that's good. Yeah. Oh, man, this could sneak. This could be. And I, Boston, I don't have a good feel on the total. Boston has given up, but 15 and a half makes per game from three point land. And they're two or since in the two all games after the all-star break, they're allowing the two teams that they face to shoot about 41% from the three point line as well. So, I'll lean with the over here. I'll I'll go the other side. I think uh, again, like I mentioned, the first two games this season have gone over the total. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, if these two teams do get hot from three point land, I think that this will definitely get over the total. So I'll go over in this. I game. think I'm swaying. I think I'm. I think you swayed me. I think you swayed me too to go okay. ahead and take the over with both games going over the total as well. And I really just think that they're gonna they're gonna feel comfortable. Like this could be one of those. And it's funny, it's not on national TV, so it probably is going to turn out like that. This could be a magical night in the garden where you just get a really, really good game. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be watching this one over the Miami Heat and the Philadelphia 76ers here tonight for sure. Uh, player props uh, in this game, if anything that you do like, Terrell. I mean, my guy. I got to go with my guy. I, don't, I, I just I, – there's never a situation where I look at who somebody has defensively and I say I don't like Jalen Brunson's points prop. Like, there's never a point in time where I look at Jalen Brunson's points prop and be like, oh, that's a little bit of a stretch. Like, no, every single time. I think the only time was when they played Atlanta, and that's just because he just didn't have pretty good games with Atlanta. I think he might have actually made me look dumb in that one. So, nah, man, I'm I'm still rolling with Jalen Brunson. That He's basically an auto play for me at this point. Yeah. 
He's listed right now at 24 and a half uh, here tonight. Um, I was shocked to see that Quinn Grimes three-point shot makes that plus money at over one and a half. Yeah, but he – so, like, I feel like he uses all his threes in the Rising Stars game. Like, he just pulled <laughs> all his threes out for the rest of the season and said, all right, let me just go ahead and fire all these off in the Rising Stars game because he does it. Like, you you look at the line, but then you go back and you look at the numbers. He doesn't make them. He doesn't make them. He just – or he doesn't take the attempts. Like, yeah. it's like he's being kind of – like, he just doesn't have a solidified role offensively for that team. And it's crazy because he's a good offensive player. He Well, he went three of seven in the game against the Pelicans, and then he went one of two against the Washington Wizards in their first two games back since the All-Star break. So I, I can see why it's at plus money for one and a half. Number one, that, like you mentioned, the attempts just aren't there. And then he's yeah. only playing about 22 minutes per game. So uh Julius Randle has also come out firing um since the All-Star break. I know he had a 40 I think it was like a 44 point game, 46 point game against the Wizards and then he had a 28 point game against the uh New Orleans Pelicans. He now he's a guy that's getting up three point shots for sure. 12 mm-hmm. of 24 over the last two games um since the All-Star break and against the Celtics this season. Let's see here. He's at 37 points and then 29 points, uh, and he's knocked down three three-point shots and five. So, so maybe you got to continue. Up 40% yeah. from three. 40% yeah. from three in the past five games. So this could be an yeah. avenue where the Knicks, uh, if they exploit the three-point shot, they're able to play good defense, they can be in this game. Yeah, I agree. Anything else for this game, Terrell? I, I think – Let's let's back Josh Josh Hart today. Okay. On points or what? And yeah, his price prop is sitting here at eight and a half. You look at since he's come over in the trade, he has eleven, that twenty-seven point monster against Brooklyn, and mm. then thirteen, five, and fifteen. It seems like he has a more of an offensive role than he did with Portland. Mm. And because there was a point in time where you could have just kept fate in Josh Hart and you were fine, but it seems like he has a little bit more of an offensive role. I'm kind of curious at where his rebounds are set at because he has some pretty high rebounding numbers as well. Uh, five, five and a half. Yeah, so seven, four, five, six, and five. So I see. Is it juiced? Is that plus money? It's actually at plus money at plus 125. Yeah, so plus money. Yeah, I understand that. He uh, could be one of those guys, especially if the Knicks are after it defensively. They're able to get a lot of easy rebounds and stuff like that. I'm going to just I'm gonna stick with his points prop, though, that over – Eight and a half at minus 120. I think Josh Hart can have a pretty solid day in New York, especially at, you know, you're seeing the number one team in the country come in right now. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to bet Josh Hart over eight and a half. All right. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I'm always okay. fading RJ. Barrett. You know that. I'm always fading RJ Barrett whenever I get the opportunity. <laughs> What's RJ Barrett points prop at tonight, actually? Uh, let's see. RJ Barrett it is. At... It's 19 and a half, ain't it? Oh, see, look, they put him at 17 and a half because they know he's not a 20-point-per-game guy. They know. They know he's not a 20-point-per-game guy. It's difficult. I mean, when you have Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson, like you're not going to have three guys every single night that's going to get you 20-plus points. No, it's because R.J. Barrett is incapable of giving you 20-plus points every single night. Yeah, that's true. He he can be incredibly (laughs) inefficient some games. Like It's so frustrating because I know he's a good player. I know he's a good player. But – 
he can be really frustrating watching him some games because it's like it's shots that he should make. It's sometimes he drives to the basket. He's soft to the basket sometimes. It's like, oh, my gosh, man. Like, dog, do you not see Zion and Ja just got paid? Are you not trying to get paid like them? Because <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do it. But, you know, it is what it is. I, I, I'm always for fate in R.J. Barrett. And it seems like the market has caught up to me as well. Because his prop was at 19 and a half yeah. for a minute when I was just blindly fading him. And now it's down to 17. Yeah, I get it. Um uh... All right, uh, let's see. I was trying to look at Robert Williams's three point. Oh, sorry, uh, rebounds here. But what we taking a Robert Williams three point <laughs> shot Robert today? Is that what we on? What's that? That's like my, that's plus five fifty. Devin, listen. What uh, what do I got? What can I get? Plus eight eighty one. <laughs> All right. I uh, since I mentioned it, I'm gonna put some uh, some beer money on that. <laughs> Robert yeah, Williams, Robert three, Williams point. three point shot is eight to one. We we bet in Robert Williams three point shot today. Thank you, Moon off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what I meant to say was his rebounds at eight and a half. I do like that over. I think that he could get into double digits here tonight. Um, again, I've been looking at his game log and the minutes are slowly uh, starting to increase for him. I know he's around that twenty to twenty two minute mark, but now he's up to about twenty six. He played thirty one against the Philadelphia. Uh, Sixers uh, in the last game. He had 26 against the Pacers and 32 against the Memphis Grizzlies. So slowly, we're starting to see him uh, uh, uptick in minutes. So definitely look at his rebounds here tonight. Did have 12 rebounds in an earlier match of this season where he did play 36 minutes against the Knicks. So uh, I will be on uh, Robert Williams three-pointers and <laughs> rebounds here uh, tonight for the I Boston think I Celtics. A, I think I got a bad taste in my mouth for Robert Williams after that Pacers game. Yeah, he... Uh, I mean, he had only eight points and four rebounds in that game. Yeah, and freaking because he was rebounds. getting the business from Miles Turner, he ain't had no chance to rebound. Miles oh, yeah. Turner gave him thirty uh, 40. something. He gave him forty. 40. He gave him forty. Like forty on, and ten. Stop playing. Stop playing. <laughs> like uh, he's. I don't know. I just got a bad taste in my mouth right now. Robert Williams. It because well, he's due because he's got eight, four, and five the last three games rebounding. He really is due. All right, that's right. Let's get into the last game of the night here. We've got the uh, Orlando Magic in New Orleans tonight to take on the Pelicans. Looking at the opening line for this game. I need to find a drug dealer that's going to give me the drugs like Miles Turner gave Robert Williams the drugs the other day. <laughs> minus five opening line for the Pelicans. That number is now consensus minus four. Uh, total open up at 226.5. The number's been bet up to around 227. Injury report for both of these teams for the Orlando Magic. Uh, pretty clean injury report. Jonathan Isaac is out for the New Orleans Pelicans. Larry Nance Jr. is out, and we know Zion continues to be out as well. Uh, let's start outside here. Terrell, minus four in favor of the Pelicans hosting the Orlando Magic. This has get right spot written all over it. The short number. It is. What was the injury? Can you read that injury report again? Is there anything? That, I mean, Larry Nance Jr. is the only out for them. Is that right? For the Pelicans is the only one, yeah. And obviously Zion already knew that. So, you know, I'm a very – I watch the lines, and the lines are very telling. I'm very concerned on why this has dropped half a point from four and a half to four. And there's no injury report. It's just – it's got to be somebody put a bet in on Orlando. Somebody put a pretty big, big bet in on Orlando. I'm mm-hmm. not really, con- I'm really concerned on why, because I'm still, I mentioned this to Scott. 
Is there a way that Paolo Bancaro plays himself out of rookie of the year? I mean, right now he's like what minus two thousand is what I last saw. I mean, he's gonna win, but it's like I just feel like the Paolo Bancaro we saw in the early part of the first of all, hold on, let me go ahead and mention this because uh Mitch has said this last time and I let it slide last time, but I let it go this time. Stop capping the cappers real. First of all, I this is literally how I handicap bets. Like I watch line movement. So that is not capping the other cappers. Line movement actually tells you a good portion of the time, over 53% of the time, what is actually going to happen in the game. So I don't listen to anybody else. I actually handicap line movement. And if you listen to anything I say, if I see reverse line movement nine times out of ten, I take it. So I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out there now. I watch line movement. I am a system better. I use a lot of systems in my bet. I use a lot of line movement in my bets. That's how I handicap the games. So it is my own research, and don't let anybody tell you any different. And plus, I still hit a lot of my bets. <laughs> so after we getting that out the way, there is reverse line movement in this game, and it is very concerning because it's also like, why, why is this line going down when you're looking at over 60% of the money on the Pelicans? And I think that this Pelicans team – has some question marks on there. Like they're still not found their rhythm. Now I think that this is also a get right spot for the Pelicans because they're finally coming back home after a pretty dreadful road trip. Did they even get a win that road trip? Yeah, they did. They got a win at the Thunder. So one for three that last road trip, and they lost to the Lakers, which is really really bad for them. Like the like this this Pelicans team when they lose to the Lakers, it's like oh my god, everything is crazy. So I think that this is a really good get right spot for the Pelicans. I'm very concerned about the line movement, but I think I'm still going to back the Pelicans here because I do think that Brandon Ingram is going to be a little bit of a nightmare for them because I don't think anybody they have can really keep up with them. Yeah, I think you're right. Again, I feel like the Pelicans, this is another buy low spot for, I think, like we talked about with the Miami Heat, is that Pelicans back at home, non-conference game, Orlando having to travel or into, uh, you know, New Orleans, you know, wherever the case might be. But they've they've fallen off the standings here, have the, uh, have the Pelicans, right? We talked a lot about it at the beginning of the season, obviously when they were healthy, that we thought that this could be a team that make a could make a run in the Western Conference, but right now it doesn't seem like it, right? They've now all the way fell down all the way now to the number 10 spot uh, in that play-in tournament bracket. So uh-huh. I, I, I feel comfortable with them at home. You take a look at their their home record. They're 20 and 10 at home straight up are the Pelicans. They're 10 yeah. and 21 on the road. Yeah. So it's, it's night and day, literally night and day. Yeah. But – when you watch the Pelicans, it's something wrong. And I think it's Zion, but it's something yeah. wrong. Like they just, they get into those stretches where, you know, you have Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum not on the court at one time. And then everything just stops. Everything yeah. just stops. And you can't lay points with a team like that. You can't lay a points so that cannot at least maintain a lead or maintain where they're at in the game when their stars are off the floor. And that's yeah. the issue with, I have kind of laying points with, the Pelicans here. So I like the Pelicans to win the game. This could be close. I'm going to take Orlando plus four, but I'm going to take Pelicans to win. If I were to actually bet this game, I'm probably using the Pelicans as like a parlay piece and I'll have Pelicans money line with, you know, something else I like on the slate and just kind of juice the odds. Or I'll do like a Brandon Ingram 
25 plus 30 plus and pelicans to get a win like yeah like that's something that i would find a lot more interesting than playing the pelicans laying four points here like it's it's concerning it is concerning and you know this magic team second half of the season there is a pop an opportunity for them to come in here and say hey we're still in it for this play-in is there a high chance that we get it no but we're still in it for the play-in so they could play hard yeah, they're only three and a half games out of the 10th uh, seed in the Eastern Conference. And again, Magic are another team that do struggle at, on the road. They're 10-20 on the road this season um, are the Orlando Magic. So, yeah, I'm there with you. I think that's a great call there that maybe play a Ingram or a CJ McCollum with a uh, Pelicans money line, like a, a, yeah. a player performance double. Yeah, I love that. Uh, you any thoughts on the total? Uh, what's, what are we at? 223 did i say 227 sorry yeah 227 so half a point up from open (sighs) do the pelicans wake up offensively at home because my first instinct is just just go ahead take the pelicans team total over yeah and this is a non-conference game, so I know you've been talking about non-conference yeah. overs. Let's see. Let's um, let's let's yeah, pull I, it up. I didn't even I realize. I want to say Magic are number one. Over the last time I checked. Yeah, I think they are. They, if they're not number one, they're like number two. So, uh, yeah, Magic, sixteen and six. Yeah, number one. Sixteen and six, and the Pelicans. And the Pelicans are what? Sixteen uh, and eleven. Okay. Yeah. There we go. I mean, one plus one equals two right there. I'm getting two good teams that are good against the over in the non-conference. I already like the Pelicans team total over. So Magic been able to get it done against the opposing conference. I think that this is a prime non-conference over spot. I actually really like that play now. Appreciate that. Uh, All right. So we're both on the over. Any player props in this game that you like? Who said Franz Wagner earlier? Franz Wagner earlier. Somebody did. Uh, Jake. It was Jake. Of course it was Jake. <laughs> Jake knows the guys that I like and the guys that I don't. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm on 16 and a half is abnormally low, but it's also the fact that they're just keep hyping up Paulo Bancaro. Like, and I get it. Paulo Bancaro is a really good player. When you look at the shots he does make, they are high quality, very, very tough shots. Like he get he get, makes buckets like he's a six, seven-year vet in the league. But it's just not as consistent at all times. There's a lot of games where you'll look and you'll be in the third quarter. He's like one for five or something. He'll, you know, turn himself up sometimes. But it, it, he's just really, really inconsistent for me right now. But Wagner is a person that's been able to benefit off that. He's been able to benefit off the attention. He's not getting Herb Jones this matchup. He's probably getting... What, maybe Dyson Daniels coming off the bench if he's even playing in this game? Uh, Najee Marshall. Like, he's catch it, catching a lot of those second and third uh, defenders. Even Brandon Ingram might be his primary matchup and just kind of throwing Brandon Ingram to the side. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I like Franz Wagner today, over 16 and a half to get it done. So, going to have Alan Tunis here tonight. Um, I know I went to him on Friday against the Raptors. I know the uh, Magic have struggled against opposing centers here. Um, Did he get there? Did he get there against the Raptors? Yeah, because I know I know Jacopoto had like twenty. <laughs> he, I don't think I, I want to say he didn't get the points, but I, I was backing his rebounds against the Toronto. Yeah, no, he did get the double double. He had twelve points and twelve rebounds in that game. Okay. He had three okay. straight double doubles. Um, I'm looking at his rebounding prop here tonight. That number is probably at eleven and a half. Would be my guess. Yeah, eleven and a half at minus one hundred five. Um. He did have a 20-point performance against the Magic in an earlier matchup this season. So maybe look uh-huh. at his points prop as well here tonight. Let's see. 
14 and a half for Valanciunas. So, um, yeah, I'll be looking at that. I'll dig a little more in that. But that was one I was uh, looking into for the Pelicans side. Franz Wagner, I agree with you. I'm also looking at his three-point prop. It's at one and a half at minus 130, but he's knocked down, I think, two or more in four straight games mm-hmm. prior to the uh, All-Star break and then coming out of the All-Star break as well. So uh, definitely look out for that. He's also getting the attempts up as well, around 4.6 per game over the last five games. Uh, anything else, more in, yeah, yeah, no, I, I think I'm on Brandon Ingram's assist prop over five and a half at plus money. I think it's at plus 115. Okay. And... If you look at the last few games, I understand you're going to be like, what? He has three, three, one, and one in his last four games. But if you also think about that, one, all those games were on the road. Two, those were all rather, you know, low-scoring games. You do have a 110 in there against the Raptors that they had to fight and crawl themselves back into. But 106, 102, 100, I think that this is a way more high-scoring game than that. So I think that he'll have more opportunities. And if you look before that, he had eight, eight, four, and seven. And in those games, they scored that 107 against the Cavs, 116, 131, and 111. Well, no, 106. So I'm expecting to, for him to have more opportunities at assists because more people are going to be making shots in this game, mm-hmm. especially uh, if you think that Valanciunas has a really good game and you look at how Valanciunas is scoring the basketball, he's getting a lot of, they're just kind of feeding him in the post. So he's going to yeah. work in the post. And so that opens up crazy amount of assists for CJ and Brandon Ingram because both of those two guys are normally the two that are feeding him inside the post and letting him go to work. So uh, I, I like both of them, CJ and Brandon Ingram, both to have a pretty solid assist game here today. Yeah, I think we're in agreement that this should be a bounce back spot here tonight for the Pelicans um, being back at home. So uh, if it's not, they should really be concerned. Like, yeah, they should really be concerned. Yeah, this game will be telling and see where, where the Pelicans are right now. Uh, all right, so that's going to do it for the four-game schedule here. Before we get into our lock and dog for the night, uh, let me tell you guys about the newest sponsor over on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. That's going to be Talkify. Uh, life is full of what-ifs. So what if you are trying to uh, – if you try something new when it comes to dating? Yeah, we're now into the dating game here in the Sports I know. Gambling Podcast It's Network. hard out here, Moon Off. I know you don't have to worry about it, but it's yeah. hard out here, Moon Off. I got to look out for everybody. No, we got to look out for everybody. You know, we, we got to worry about, you know, all the co-hosts that are either not in relationships. So that's where Talkify comes yeah, in. Yeah, it, it's really like just, I think, well, Scott might not be. I don't know. It, we don't know too much about Scott's personal life. The, the, yeah. the man's an owl. I don't know what he sleeps or when he's awake. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't think he has time to date. <laughs> like, he's up at all hours of the night. But, but look, uh, you know, if you're I having think a, you got somebody that can help me, though. Yeah, yeah, I got Talkify here for you, man. That's why we brought him on as a newest sponsor for uh, the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And like Terrell was mentioning, if you're having a hard time meeting great people to date, and if you're trying the same methods over and over again, and it's not working up for you, you need to check out Talkify. It's time to stop swiping and bring back the human touch to dating with Talkify. It's all about confidence. With betting, it's confidence. You know, you got to do your handicapping. That's where Talkify comes in. And if you struggle to find the worthwhile connections, it can be difficult for you to uh, be your best when you're meeting the new people. But with Talkify, you feel confident that you're meeting someone special who was picked just for you. Talkify is the country's number one modern matchmaking service that is designed to help you achieve relationship success. The trusted compatibility specialist hand selects successful and compelling candidates so you can date consciously and productively. Here's how it works. 
The Talkify mat- matchmakers meet with you to learn about what you're looking for in a partner. Partner, Then they'll select and screen potential match candidates for you doing background checks, video interviews, and asking the tough questions that are really too awkward on first dates. And then from there, your matchmaker plans your date introductions and handles all the communication for you, creating a safe and stress-free dating experience. Talkify is committed Defining your match, 80%. That's right, 80% of clients met their person within the first 12 matches. And right now, Talkify is offering our listeners 20% off when you become a client at Talkify.com slash SGPN. That's T-A-W-K-I-F-Y dot com slash SGPN for 20% off when you become a client. Talkify.com slash SGPN. I think that you are really, really struggling if you didn't find your person. If you're in that 20% that didn't find your person in those first 12 matches, it might be you. It might be you. Like, just take that take that into consideration. 12 matches is a lot. You could definitely find your person in 12 matches. Shout out to Takafai. It might be a you problem, like Terrell said. All right, Terrell, let's get into our lock and dog for this Monday schedule, um, you want to lead it off, or you want me to lead it off? What was what was the uh, what? I think what last time you led it off, I think we had a three in one day. All right, say less. Okay, lock and dog. Let's go for my lock. I'm going with Miami plus six and a half. Or should I make Miami the dog so I can get the plus money on the win? Hmm. Miami does like to win games on the road. They do. Okay. I'm going to make, nah, I'm going to make Miami the dog at plus, what's that, plus 190? Find a two to one out there. Uh, Miami at two to one. That is the dog. And for my lock, let's go with the over let's go with the over in that pelicans and that magic game over 227 i'll take that non-conference over for my lock and for my dog miami heat money line they in the street get it done on the road there you go um all right for my lock i'm gonna go with a total as well i'm gonna go that nick celtics game i'm gonna take the over there at 223 um, you're starting to move, so hopefully you can get to this sooner rather than later. 223, it's a 223 and a half hours there as well. Starting to uh-huh. see some 224 pop up, but currently over on win bet, I see 223 and a half. Uh, we talked about three point variance with both these teams. The first two games this um season both flew over the total, and again, Boston is kind of struggling to defend the three point line. And you know, New York does have some shooters, right? Julius Randle can knock it down, Jalen Brunson will get his, Quinn Grimes coming off the bench, Manuel quickly. These guys can all knock down three point shots. Boston's offense is more than capable of putting up their share of points as well. So I think this number is a little conservative here. I'll take the over 223 and a half. For my dog, I'm going to go with the player prop. The man talked about his points uh, post-game interview, Jimmy Butler. I'm going to go 25 plus points here at plus 145 here tonight, Terrell. Going All back right. into Philly, yeah. I think he, offensively, look, he's going to put this team on his back. I think he has a big game here tonight. If you want to ladder up to 30-plus here tonight, I'm currently seeing that at plus 425. But I think 25-plus, I'm going to go plus 145 for Jimmy Butler to uh, lead the team um, in a, hopefully a victory for the sake of the podcast against the Philadelphia 76ers uh, as my dog. So Jimmy Butler, 25 or more points here tonight at plus 145 here. And if you're a live better, if you're a live better that you, know, you like to catch lines during the game, it's been a couple people that have – 
uh, asked me, hey, what do you think about this person's live line? Jimmy Butler is a live bet. Yeah. Uh, if he starts off slow, just assume that he's good for 13 points in the fourth quarter. Like, double digits. Yeah. Assume he's good for double digits in the fourth quarter. So if you see a line that drops on Jimmy Butler and you're trying to figure out if you should bet it or not, just pencil him in for 10 in the fourth quarter, and that'll probably give you a good thought process of, ooh, I should get it on his over at this point, especially if he starts the game off slow. Yep, I agree. You usually see that if he comes out more distributing the basketball, and then like it's usually in that second half, especially in that fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah, especially when he gets a lot of assists early. Like he's like, all right, I'm getting everybody else involved, and then I'm going to work later. I love it. Yeah. Uh, All right, so that's going to do it for this edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. Again, make sure to hit that like button for us before you guys get out of here on the uh, YouTube stream here. And then again, if you haven't already, do us a favor, smash that subscribe button as well for the NBA Gambling Podcast. And follow us on Twitter at SGPNNBA. Terrell, anything else before we get out of here, bud? No, no, I'm good. Uh Really don't have anything else. I just have to say, dang, 71. Like, 71 is kind of crazy. You had 41 and a half. You really didn't even need to keep playing, to be honest. And then you still <laughs> didn't even hit 40 minutes. You still didn't even hit 40 minutes. 71. Uh, Mark Phillips, if you haven't seen the Mark Phillips video on how some people in the media cover up players, you should really go see it. It's a hilarious video. <laughs> Uh yeah, make sure to follow Terrell on Twitter at reallyrail underscore underscore. Follow me on Twitter at sportsnerd824. We'll be back tomorrow as usual to uh, handicap the Tuesday game. So again, make sure to hit that subscribe button for the NBA Gambling Podcast. And if you haven't already, leave us a rating and review wherever you may listen to us, whether it's on Apple, whether it's on Spotify, whether it's on another podcast player. Do us a favor. We'll read them out on the uh, on the air here live. All right. We'll be back tomorrow, like I mentioned. Until then, good luck with your bets here tonight. Let's break these books off and let it ride.